and welcome to the week 18 edition of Lions Megapod. I am Matt Brown. That is Stephen Anders. That is Adam Candy. And we are going to do our best to navigate you through one of the most interesting and confusing weeks every year of the betting calendar for, uh, especially for us NFL betters, in which who's going to play? How long are they going to play? How many backups are going to be in there? How long are the backups going to play? There's a lot of things that are uh, going into this week. So we will do our best to kind of help you out here. Along the way, we do have two Saturday games this week. So first Saturday football game, Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. This is three, three and a half in favor of the Steelers. Thirty four and a half to thirty five is our total. Adam, what we know here is we're getting Mason Rudolph and we are getting the Ravens backups. And so that's why we are sitting with a three, three and a half in favor of the Steelers. The question here just becomes. Are the Steelers still more than a field goal better than even the Ravens backups? If we want to go all the way back to preseason, we know the Ravens play preseason very well and they play preseason games and they take them seriously. And this is basically a preseason game where you're going to see a ton of backups and all of that. So there is at least that that's lingering out there. This was a little bit higher. People said that number was too much. And so now we're sitting three, three and a half. So it's preseason in a way and in a way it's not and that's going to kind of inform how I go about everything that I do this week it's preseason in that this is an information market in week 18 this is not so much about the handicaps that we've had on these teams all year long based on what we've seen on the field you have to know who's playing and as Matt said you have to know for how long and the thing that I would add to the preseason idea is that you have props and that's probably going to be one of the easier ways to go about this week as opposed to figuring out sides and totals. And so I don't look at this game and want anything to do with the spread. In fact, you're going to hear very few games in which I want anything to do with the spread this week. But in terms of that total, if you want something to look at in the traditional markets in this game, for whatever reason, this Mason Rudolph-led offense has been humming for Pittsburgh. And Snoop Huntley is one of the more competent backup quarterbacks in football. So if I'm looking anywhere in this game, I'm looking toward an over, especially considering the Steelers still have a little of something to play for. Yeah, I mean, Stephen, one of the narratives floating around out there, you know, listen, this is, in fact, um, Huntley could be playing for a job as bad as the quarterback play is in the NFL right now. And as many teams as that might be looking for a quarterback, maybe he is auditioning for one of the jobs that will be open. And, of course, the Steelers still do have a backdoor chance of getting in the playoffs. I was a little interested in backing the Ravens before we got some action on them Friday afternoon here as we record. We were looking at fours on the board, and now we're back to basically threes across the board. So now if you want to back the Ravens, you know, you have some push equity on the key number, but to cash the bet, a lot of times you just need them to win the game here. So I'm I'm completely out on that. I don't have much to add here um, other than this is obviously, you know, like a 10, 11 point move from what it would have been under normal circumstances. But if it's not more than three anymore for the Ravens, I'm not interested. And I just don't want to pay this price for the Steelers because I do think the Ravens will play hard. I think their backups will play hard. I don't think it's really in the DNA of NFL players to not go out and, and try and win. This is still, especially for backups, it's still their job. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any like active tanking on the players part. Good deal. I'm glad we didn't go down the conspiracy theory angle of that the Ravens want to lose to help increase the chances of the Bills not getting in the playoffs. Yeah, um, nobody thinks like that. Uh, in yeah, they don't. Room. They're not. That's and that's just such a long game and all of that. But uh, it's 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 floating out there. I would say don't get caught in the trap. All right. So let's go to a game that does mean a ton. And that is this Houston Texans Indianapolis Colts game. This is a point point and a half in favor of the Texans on the road at the Colts. Forty seven and a half is our Total, we know this division still up for grabs. And so what are we getting from an injury standpoint? Noah Brown not going to play for the Texans, so we at least know that. But outside of that, we're getting a we're, we're likely to get a full compliment. I mean, listen, I would say, hey, Robert Woods might not play, but Robert Woods has not been a big contributor all year long. It doesn't really matter. So if we're talking about the contributors, we did get limited practices out of everybody except for uh, Noah Brown so it looks like we will be good to go there on the Indianapolis side of things pretty decent from them on the um, on the practice side of front as well you'll see DeForest Buckner was a DNP but that was just a rest veteran rest day and stuff for him so Stephen one of the games that truly does have a ton on the line here what do you see 
So early in the week, there was a rogue 46 and a half. I took the over on that. I think the Texans offense in particular is going to have a lot of success here. That doesn't help anybody now because we're looking at 47 and a halfs on the board. But this has started to tick back down a little bit. So if by kickoff that 46 and a half pops back up, then yeah, I would I would still bet it. Uh, what I'm most confident in in this game is C.J. Stroud being able to move the ball. And I wasn't sure I was going to be able to say that this week, given how Stroud and the Texans offense has looked in the small sample size of when Tank Dell hasn't been on the field for them. It's only been a few games, but last week in an exploitable matchup, there was at least some promising results against the Titans secondary where Stroud finished eighth in success rate for the for the week. And I think this is another Great matchup, great secondary for Stroud to go against. He's number three in the NFL in passer rating against zone defense. And the Colts play zone 90% of the time, the most in the league. And if we go a little bit deeper, one of our fantastic freelance writers, Jeffrey Schreiber, and his player props post for this game on the lines.com noted that half of the Colts coverage snaps and passing plays this year have been in cover three. And Stroud has a 109 passer rating against cover three number one in the NFL this year, almost nine yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions for Stroud against cover three this season. And in the first meeting, he almost threw for 400 yards against this Colts defense. So combine that with the fact that the, the Texans defense over the past two months, past eight weeks, has been top five in stopping the run. Well, I think Shane Steichen's going to have to put the ball into Gardner Minshew's hands a little bit more than he would probably like. All of this is probably why, you know, is at least in my opinion, why we've seen a little bit of interest on the Texans flipping from small dog to small favorite here. I'm not going to have a straight up bet on this game because I'm riding Texans futures to make the playoffs and win the division. But based on everything I just said, I think you know what I would do if I didn't already have those futures. Yeah, I have uh, I have Jags and I have Colts, and so I um, I'm in a position as well with this one to just kind of like back off and 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 watch. I did also play points. I think there will be points as well. I agree with you a ton. Uh, tip of the cap out there, just if you guys are looking and line shopping for whatever reason, the last month Caesars has tried to be like the first people to market with numbers like they are putting numbers out. So they opened this at 46. And so I got the flat 46 on this on the over. So if you're kind of looking around at books that are put it posting numbers very, very early, uh, Caesars is trying to be beating people to uh, some of the stuff out there. So anyway, I also expect points in this one. Adam, what say you? Not a lot to add to the handicap that you guys have put out there, but I think my theme this week is going to be trying to get more micro and not trying to get involved with the larger handicaps that go into this. Because as much as I believe that there could be points in this game, I think you could also point to the fact that this is essentially a win and in game for both of these teams with two quarterbacks who have not really been in that situation before. And you could find if you wanted to play the narrative streak game, a little bit of nerves, a little bit of inconsistency. Yes, if you want to go that way. For me, the way I want to go is to take what you guys have said, especially what Steven was talking about with CJ Stroud, and take that and put it into the receiving market and say, what about Nico Collins with no tank Dell? Uh, Dalton Schultz really hasn't been the guy. And so when you get micro with this, you look at Nico Collins and say, this is where the ball is going to go. And when CJ Stroud has been healthy and Nico Collins has been healthy, the targets have absolutely been there to get to five and a half right now, which is look where the receptions number is. I think you're going to see eight, nine, 10 targets for Nico Collins, and that should be plenty to get to six catches in this game. Yeah, it's uh, again, one of the one of the few games we can really actually kind of look at and and try and figure out what's going to happen straight up and straight down. Atlanta Falcons, New Orleans Saints, I guess you could say is along the same category there. But uh, Adam, I don't know if we know who's playing quarterback for the Falcons yet. Last I saw, they said that they were going to play both of them. What could go wrong by playing two terrible quarterbacks? Uh, so Falcons are three-point dogs to the Saints. Saints, of course, still have a backdoor into the playoffs as well. 42, 42 and a half is our total. If you didn't put a name and number on the back of the quarterback and you stuck a helmet on both Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter and you sent the two of them out there to play quarterback on different series, would any of us be able to tell the difference? 
That's the way that this Falcons offense has looked for the entire season. So, no, I don't think it really matters. Uh, these are two teams that have burned me fairly recently, uh, especially the Saints last week. I will stay completely away from this game because we got the weird Saints last week and the Atlanta Falcons are a team that, again, are they going to use their weapons or not? Uh, we have no idea from week to week. If Arthur Smith would kindly go away at the end of this season, that would be great for all of us who are trying to figure out what to do with the Falcons week to week. Yeah, Stephen, I'm not playing the team rallying around the coach that Mike could get fired thing because I bet if you ask these guys like in secret, they 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 want Art Smith out of there. So I'm not. I don't think there's a rallying cry here for for any of this. That said, on the number of three seems appropriate to me. So I uh, ultimately decided to pass on this one. I at least just want to note for everybody that if the Bucks lose, then the Falcons do win the division still if they win this game for whatever that's worth. Mm -hmm. So I, I agree with you that it just, I don't know what the hell the morale is in that locker room yeah. at this point. Um, but both of these teams are still very much playing for a division title. Yeah. Um, if we get to three and a half here, it's for, it's already never the saints for me at this point, you know, I just yeah. laying points with them has just never been a good idea this season. Uh, if we get the three and a half, then I start to consider Atlanta a little bit, but also do I care? Like, do I really want to go take out the sword again and yeah. ride with the Falcons in this game? Like I'm good. There's plenty of other options on the board this week, plenty of other futures that you can ride this week. So many more entertaining ways to spend your time and money than, than going and, and backing Art Smith yet again. Like I've I've stopped trying to figure out the Falcons like a month ago, and I'm I'm just good here. I'm good. Yeah, I, uh, I I'm with you on that one. Of course, um, there are some weather games this week. This one being in a dome, we don't have to worry about any of that stuff. So there's it's just kind of like it's just two mediocre teams meeting with a game that shouldn't mean anything this late in the season because they're both mediocre teams. But the division is so mediocre that it actually does mean something. That's kind of how. I look at this game, unfortunately, for all of us. Another game that does mean something, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. The Jags are currently three-and-a-half-point favorites over the Titans. 41-41.5 is our total. Steven, our problem here is we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Jags and further at what state he would be playing, even if they do decide to go to Trevor Lawrence, because if you read some of these beat writers out there, they're saying like, at least in the open portions of practice, he wasn't throwing the ball further than like eight yards down the field. And so I, I don't know, listen, as a guy with a massive amount of Jack's division future tickets and the most I've ever put on a division future in my entire life, I am praying that maybe it's just CJ Beathard to go ahead and get this done. Like I'd rather think I'd rather have a healthy backup in there than like a 60% starter, but I don't really even know. Like I said, I have a de facto bet on this game as it is anyway. So I don't have anything for this particular game. For what it's worth. I got news for you. Bethard's on the injury report as well. Full participant, but yeah. he's not a hundred percent either. It seems so uh, it's the walking wounded here at quarterback for Jacksonville. And I, that is my biggest concern too, with Trevor Lawrence. Can he even throw the ball downfield? Or is this going to be like Peyton Manning last year of his career in the NFL where he just got nothing left? I think the Jags are just on life support here. I, I would never bet them in this spot. It's clear the market has had interest in Titans all week. We're down to the, the lowest number yet, despite the Trevor Lawrence practicing news. So, And we have the Titans who have Mike Vrabel cursing at the podium this week and talking about like losing effing sucks and you know they're going to try and win and probably Derrick Henry's last game. So, so yeah, like I, I would only bet Tennessee in this spot. I have the futures riding with you on Jacksonville, and I think um, I've decided – I don't. I would not bet this game straight up if I had no interest already in it. But for my personal situation with the Jags futures and being able to get on the other side of a field goal here with Tennessee, I'm going to try and middle it. So it's a hedge with a chance to maybe win both and sacrifice some potential profit on the Jags if um, if they don't win the game. But I'm going to take the the Titans plus three and a half here. Uh, Adam, it does not seem like this is a Titans team that, uh, has to worry about their coach being gone. Seems like Vrabel is safe. We had the, the move to Levis, but he was in and out of the lineup with injuries and things. And so 
seems like this is a team that is going to be much uh, pretty much intact as we head into next season. So we could see a decent effort out of them here. What do you see here on the other side of three? So if you go and look at these two teams over the second half of the season, sort them out by EPA and look at them on both sides of the ball, it's kind of amazing how they're identical. And I mean, like right next to each other in offensive EPA, right next to each other in defensive EPA. And that's with the Titans using multiple quarterbacks. And I guess you could say the Jaguars using multiple quarterbacks, regular Trevor Lawrence, injured Trevor Lawrence, and a little yeah. bit of CJ Beathard uh, in there as well. So I would not get too caught up in the Vrabel angle, right? That's what yeah. people are going to be looking at this week is the whole thing of Vrabel is fired up. And that means the Titans are going to come out. Fire. Yeah, yeah. Th they always play that way. Nothing Mike Vrabel said this week is any different than what you get out of the Titans every week. You never get a laydown out of Tennessee. Yeah. But the problem you have here trying to handicap this game beyond the Trevor Lawrence thing is also, is there any chance Christian Kirk is playing? Like, the window is open. There's at least an outside chance that you get him back in this offense. And if you go sort out the numbers, there actually is a difference with Christian Kirk in and Christian Kirk not in. So pass for me, ultimately, if I went anywhere with this game, it would be toward Tennessee just based on that whole second half look at the fact that they're identical teams and you're going to give me identical teams and I will take the one getting more than a field goal Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions this is currently three three and a half so you can find threes you can find three and a half so of course it's going to be an expensive three and a cheaper three and a half in favor of the Lions at home over the Vikings Vikings are going to go with Nick Mullen so did, did O'Connell O'Connell's fake sharp, right? Like we thought, we, we we thought KOC was was sharp, and he's fake sharp now, or something. Or is he just trying to prove a point that, like, hey, I need a quarterback in order to make this team work? I, I don't know, but here we are, three three and a half. Adam, forty five and a half is our total. We do know as of right now, of us as of us recording this on Friday midday, the Lions have said they are playing their starters. So take that for what it's worth. Let's spare a minute for Kevin O'Connell here because I texted you during that game last week against the Packers and it just said in all caps, fake sharp, because that is who Kevin O'Connell has proven to be. I think what we've seen this season is that Kevin O'Connell would make a great offensive coordinator, which is what he's been before. We talked about how he was in the helmet when Josh Dobbs didn't know any of the plays when he first walked into Minnesota and he guided him through so they were able to win that game. But what has he done since? He has made an absolute sham of the quarterback situation for Minnesota and I don't know what to make of this team as a result of that. On the other side of this with the Lions, whatever. I'm not trying to figure out what, uh, yeah. what old man Campbell's going to do coming out of this thing. So the game's a pass ultimately, but when we're looking at the whole Kevin O'Connell thing, we absolutely uh, need to see some sort of help for this guy in the offseason when it comes to the head coaching part of the job. In uh, Stephen, unless we hear, and I haven't put this in the account yet because I'm just waiting to see if any further information comes out. If we honestly get to tomorrow night, Saturday night, and it looks like the Lions actually are at least going to play their starters for some, I, I might be looking at a Lions first half bet or something like that, but... That's again, I, I got to wait until it's like double and triple stamped here before I get into that. Like, I think Dan Campbell could get on the podium, just talk a lot of shit and be like, oh, no, we're playing our starters and we're going to whatever. And then like Saturday night be like, yeah, we're actually not going to do that after all. You know, like I, I, I'm so and I'm going to hold off. But if they are going to be out there for at least a portion of the game, I think a Lions first half bet is at least somewhat interesting. But outside of that, um, it's just an information type grab for me. So nothing in the account yet. You guys have nailed it. Your entire handicap of this game revolves around whether you believe Dan Campbell or not. So yeah. um, I don't know. I have no I, earthly idea. He seems pretty pissed off and on tilt after what happened in last week's game against Dallas. Maybe he's still on tilt because it makes zero sense why the starters would still yes. be playing None. in this game. Zero. Yeah. Zero yeah. sense whatsoever. So <laughs> I, I'm with you. If, if it's a live betting situation for me. You know, maybe the Lions get up early with their starters and then he finally, you know, comes to reason here and pulls them. And then I'm going to live bet the Vikings at a much better number. But pregame, there's just too much uncertainty here. For what it's worth, 
The Sharps don't believe them because this number was, what, four, four and a half earlier in the week, and now we're all the way down to three at some spots. So they definitely do not believe Campbell. If anyone's wondering, the backup to Jared Goff is Theodore Bridgewater. So, um, and he would Could we be see playing. some Malik Hooker here? Any it's, chance? Uh, it's uh, I, maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, we. It's Theodore Bridgewater, and Theodore Bridgewater would be going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Just throwing that out there. Um, also, in Theodore's final NFL game. So there is a high. Has he said he's retiring. Hey, he, has, there, he said yes. he's retiring. Yes, oh. the 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 right. Teddy the Teddy retiring story is out there, and so don't be surprised at all if Man gets him in there for at least a quarter. New York Jets and the New England Patriots. This is anywhere from one and a half all the way to two and a half in favor of the Patriots. Um, 30 and a half is our total. This is your big weather game of the week, which you're wondering if you're wondering why this total is 30 and a half. Not only is it two bad teams, but it is two bad teams that are likely to be playing in some pretty bad conditions. Snow sustained 15 to 18 mile an hour winds, gusts up to kind of 25, 30. So that's that's why we saw this total plummet from 37 and open all the way down to 30 and a half that we sit right now. Steven, I'd like to think that the Patriots aren't dumb enough to win this game, but I think Bill Belichick is leaving at the end of the season. So I think he does want to go ahead and win the game and just show, ha ha, I'll win. And then middle finger him on the way out the door. So I'm, uh, I'm off this thing because I just can't, I can't get there. Like, I mean, they're sitting with the third pick right now. They could get a quarterback and start this franchise over, but I don't think Bill Belichick cares because I don't think he's going to be there next year. I agree. I don't think he cares. I think the players have played hard every week that we've thought that maybe they would mail it in and not play hard, and they continue. And they actually outgained the Bills last week in yards per play. If it wasn't for Bailey Zappi turning it over as much as he did, maybe they even beat Buffalo. So I – I bet New England, and I, it was one yeah. of the first bets I made this week. Makes and sense. I think they are still focused and playing, and I think the Jets are about ready to go hit the beach. I think they were ready weeks ago. So uh, Zach Wilson was the only vestige of hope I thought the Jets had this week, and he's not playing. And I I feel pretty confident, actually, about the Patriots here. Among the teams that do not have anything to play for, the Patriots are the team I'm most confident in this week. Uh, Adam, I, I think there is a buy point on the over for me. I'm not quite sure what it is. I think if people get spooked on Sunday morning and this thing hits like something just asinine low, like 28 and a half or something, right? Like, I, I think then at that point, just on principle, I would come in and buy on the, on the over there's, I've heard people throwing around teaser leg. I just worry the jets defense is. If you look at the advanced stats over the last six weeks, like they are precipitously worse than they were over the first, you know, 15 over the first like 13 weeks of the season. So um, the teaser leg even scares me just a tad. I think the Patriots could win this thing 13 to three. And then that covers, you know, that covers the damn teaser leg. So uh, it would be looking at an over for me if this thing gets any lower. Do you have anything here? Jets Patriots. Second half of the season. New England Patriots, theoretically tanking, have been the number four defense in the league by hell yes. So I don't touch that teaser leg with a 10-foot pole. Mm. I am not going anywhere near the New York Jets in this game. This is Cancun on three without question for the Jets. Like, if you want to play New England, play New England. Um, I hate the fact that the number is where it is at 30 and a half. Like if you got under 37, God bless you. I, that you, you can take that one to yeah. the window and just wait for this game to end. But the only thing I would say to, to what Matt is talking about is if you want to wait and see if this thing gets to something ridiculous in the 28s or something like that, Bailey Zappi is human variance, right? Like mm-hmm. they will gain yards, but he also threw three interceptions last week. Like he's, he's feeling the YOLO right now. And so if he's going to feel the YOLO, then you've got a chance for this thing to go over on principle. Now I'm going to say one more thing as a giants fan here, there's a chance for my team to get the number two pick. And one of the things that has to happen is the new England Patriots need to win this game. So I will be for the first time in my life, an actual New England Patriots fan. I'll be pulling as hard as humanly possible because if the Patriots win, if the Arizona Cardinals win, and if the Commanders win, and I have that in likelihood order, then the Giants could get to the two. 
Your yeah. third Super Bowl over the Patriots this weekend. I love it. Yeah, it's just it, dude, it's just <laughs> it's it's crazy. Here's the deal: they're going to win this game, and they're going to get out of that. They're going to get out of the range to get a quarterback. It's just, and Bill Belichick's going to leave, or he's going to retire. It's going to be it's going to be wild. They thanks for all the memories, guys. And here's a worst pick. <laughs> like is basically what's going to. What's and here's going Michael Penix. Yeah, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks and the Carolina Panthers. This is four and a half in favor of the Bucks on the road over the Panthers. 37 and a half is our total guys. The lines hit on Sunday. Whenever I'm doing my show, it was five and a half. I gobbled it up because I was positive. This was going to get to the other side of six and I am on the wrong side of the line movement. So I have a bad ticket for the bucks in my account. Adam, look, it's one team with everything to play for and one team that let's be quite, I mean, like this is, if you ever wanted to talk about a packet in game, no coach, no talent, no future, no pick, no nothing. I thought this was obvious, obvious bucks here. And I think that the number is where it's at because of the questionable tag on Baker Mayfield. But Baker's going to play. We all know that. Baker ain't sitting this friggin' game out. And so, I don't know. I, I Again, I have a bad number, but I, I'm still pretty confident in the bucks here. Did we spend a while last week talking about how bad the Jaguars' defense is? Yeah, we did. Uh and then we spent a little while debating Bryce Young. And look, maybe in the long term, Bryce Young turns out to be okay. But did he turn back into a pumpkin last week? Yup, he did. So I don't expect any more out of him this week. And as we look to the long-term future of Bryce Young, and by the way, if you want to play, you want to play Tampa, play Tampa. Tampa's not losing this game. Like, Tampa has everything to play for. Carolina has nothing to play for. We don't like the motivation angles, but... When it comes to this Carolina team in particular, this season is over. If they weren't going to show last week against Jacksonville, and they didn't on either side of the ball, they're not going to show this week against Tampa Bay. But we just saw yesterday the NFLPA surveyed its players about who they think are the best coordinators in the game. You know who is number two among offensive coordinators? Thomas Brown from the Carolina Panthers. The players believe in the offensive coordinator. The players clearly did not believe in Frank Reich. Maybe by extension, they're not feeling too great about Bryce Young either from inside that locker room. So just things to think about as you start looking forward to what could happen next year. Steven Bucks Panthers, what you got? I'm a little queasy taking the Bucks to win by this many points, even if it is the Panthers. I'm not going to give you the devil's advocate argument to bet the Panthers here. If you want to hear that, you can go listen to Eli Hershkovich and our sister show beat the closing number. I'll just say, I agree with you guys that the bucks are pretty likely to win this game. The reasons I'm not betting them to cover Baker Mayfield's dealing with some type of rib issue this week. Yeah. So it's clear. He's not going to be a hundred percent. We're not sure about Carlton Davis. One of their cornerbacks. We'll see about him, but why not just maybe like a money line parlay here with the Bucks on something else? Um, you know, maybe one of these other bigger favorites, and you know the the price you would have to pay on a normal two two team six point teaser isn't worth it with the Bucks because you go through zero. So why not just money line parlay the Bucks with a bigger favorite that's outside teaser range here and get about the same price? Steven, yeah. to, to your point, can I just Matt? Matt sorry, yep. Steven, to your point. We're all confident in New England, right? Why, you don't need to take a bigger number. You don't need to take a team that's a seven, eight, nine point favorite. I might yeah. even take New England and throw that in there and get a better price because if you guys see a pass to the Jets showing up and winning this game, that's fine, but I don't. Yeah. No, because again, it's like there's no rallying around the coach angle there because they already said Salah's safe. There's no whatever. There's like, I mean, like all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, it just doesn't. Doesn't doesn't seem like anything to me. Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals. My uh, ticket is irrelevant here because I have three and a half on Cincinnati in this thing. It seemed blatantly obvious to me the Browns were going to sit all of their players. Why in the hell would they play? They got a 38-year-old quarterback. You're going to put him out there for unnecessary snaps? Like, hell no, you're not. And you got Amari Cooper who's already missing games with a heel and Elijah Moore with the with the concussion. Like it just made all the sense in the world. The Browns were not going to play anybody. So again, I have an I have an awesome ticket. CLV is always I can just take it to the window, right, guys? No, no chance that it's not going to 
Yeah, it worked cash. out great with the Panthers last week. Yeah, yeah, it works out amazing. So love <laughs> love my minus three and a half that I have in the account right now. Well, I'm sure that's going to work out great for me. Um, Steven, I'll start with you here. It's it's all the way out to seven. So I it, ju- it just came through that they are expecting, which I think is ridiculous, Jamar Chase to play in this game. Okay. I mean, trot your franchise wide receiver out there with an injured shoulder in a game that means nothing. Okay, I guess. Um so I guess he's going to play too, which only helps my position, but uh, it's a head scratcher. What do you see here? Bengals all the way out at a touchdown. So as we record right now, Friday afternoon, the books are smart. They're not putting out player props on some of these star players yes. on teams that are in meaning, meaningless situations. But if by some chance you find one somewhere, just bet the under because there's a decent chance they're not going to play the whole game. Um, it's just not worth the injury risk and having um, a critical injury that could hurt them starting fresh next year. So just keep that in mind. But I'm I'm skeptical any of the books are going to put out props on some of these ambiguous situations. Mo is betting Cleveland plus seven this week. Again, you can go listen to beat the closing number if you want to hear the reasons why. I don't have the energy or the confidence or the stamina to try and handicap what the hell a Jeff Driscoll is for this game. Who's been with the team all of two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. What, like you expect me to come on this podcast. I'm sorry. Like we've, we've had some comments in recent weeks about people saying, well, why didn't you make a bet in that game? Because there's nothing good to bet. That's why like that. And as we're, and and, and Steven, I just interrupt, like as we're sitting here, two books flash to seven and a half. So like there is, there is more Cincinnati money coming in. I'm assuming off of this chase news that. Yeah. That so chase like people are like, well, why aren't people are probably going to ask, well, why don't you want to bet Browns plus seven and a half? Because it could, it, it might need to be like 16 and a half with Driscoll yeah. in the backups. I have no earthly idea what this number should be. And anybody that says they have confidence in it, I think is just pulling your leg. No, Mo's not saying he has confidence in it. He's just playing a number, frankly, mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fact that the Bengals have the worst defense in the NFL this year, that much we know. But he's not uber confident, and he's playing a number. And anybody who says they have a, a strong opinion on the handicap of the spread in this game with Dre- Jeff Driscoll and a bunch of Browns backups against the worst defense in the league, I think it's crazy. So nothing for me here, and that's why. Adam, here, here's the here's the problem with, I think, like if you, if you want to try to make the rationale of seven, seven and a half, and you want to say, well, it's just too many points. We saw what this Browns offense looked like when they when it was bad, and and it was horrific. And like it was so bad that they would rather start a guy that's been on the team for two weeks than go back to PJ Walker and start him in this game. And so now it's going to be Driscoll out there with backups trying to move an offense that didn't work when starters were out there with a bad quarterback. So again, I I think that there is a I think there is a range of outcomes where Steven's thing is like where there is a Bengals double-digit win here strictly because the Browns, again, locked into where they're at, not going to take any risk whatsoever. And we've already seen the bad version of the Browns earlier this year. This is one of those games where if you feel a need to have some action, then wait until the props come up. There are going to be props on this game. You're just going to have to wait a while to get them. Go check the beat reporters see what they're talking about. Maybe this is the Pierre Strong game, right? Like maybe this is one of those where you look and you say, oh, the third string running back is going to start. That means he's probably going to get 12 to 15 carries at some point during this game. And then maybe you're looking at numbers like that. So that's where this gets a little preseason-ish where you have to go find the information about who's actually going to be a part of this. So I definitely would not get involved with Cider Total. Yeah, it's a it's gonna be a it's gonna be a wacky one. Listen, if I didn't have three and a half, then I would be avoiding the game too. Matt, bad, one bad quick question yeah. about Miles Garrett and defensive player of the year. He's not gonna play this week, so his case is closed. Whatever his resume is, it is what it is at this point. And he's several sacks behind TJ Watt. He's basically tied from with Micah Parsons. Like, do you think do you think it's a wrap and it's his, or do you think somebody that's playing this weekend can beat him? Yeah. I think that we are prisoners of the moment. And we see these, we see how these things move so incredibly rapidly. And if if Parsons or Watt, either one of them has a big game. Remember, Watt's game is is a, island. an island game. Like it is going to be everyone in the world watching the game, you know. And so Watt has a huge game. I do not think it's over by any stretch. What about you, Adam? 
Micah Parsons is going against one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the entire world, right? Sam Howell's going to be out there. Yeah, Sam Howell's going to be out there as a sitting duck for a Dallas team that at least for a half is going to have something to play for, and Micah Parsons could get two or three sacks himself. Yeah, I agree. So I do not think that I do not think that one is case closed by any stretch of the imagination. Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. This is three in favor of the Seahawks on the road over the Cardinals. 47 and a half to 48 is your total. Um, look, this is absolutely no opinion for me on this game. It's like it is three seems about right. Cardinals, I thought, would be smart enough to lose the rest of the season. They chose not to do that. So now they put themselves in a weird spot. Like, I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know what to do with this. I don't, if either one of you have an opinion, go, go with it. But I, I just, this is a, this is a dumb game for me. I have a strong opinion, Adam. Do you have an opinion on this game? I'll let your strong opinion go before my weak opinion. Okay. All right. Um, typically in week 18, when you have a team that has everything to play for against a team that has nothing to play for, you have to pay a pretty expensive tax on the team that is trying to get into the playoffs against the team that's, has nothing to play for this is the complete opposite like we're getting a pretty decent discount here in my opinion on seattle based on what we've seen with closing lines over the past couple of weeks and i think this is a pretty big reaction to last week's results where the where the steelers made seattle look bad and arizona pulled you know a big headline worthy upset over the philadelphia eagles but if you go back and look at closing lines in recent weeks you know, this is this is way off. The Cardinals were 12 and a half at Philadelphia, so let's say 10 and a half on a neutral. The Seahawks were four and a half at home against Philadelphia, so let's say six and a half on a neutral. So basically, the market in recent weeks had these two teams four points apart with Drew Lockett quarterback against the same opponent. So now we're in Arizona. I don't think any of us would say they have a big home field advantage in Arizona. And we get Geno Smith on the field for Seattle. I concede that we probably have to downgrade the, the the Seahawks team rating here a little bit based on on recent results, but like I thought three was cheap here, and now two and a half was available this week. I I bet two and a half immediately. If it gets back to that point, I would still bet it. Mm-hmm. But I thought I thought three and a half four was more appropriate for this game, and we're sitting at three. Yeah, Adam, they're they're it's toggling back and forth between cheap threes and expensive two and a half. So you can definitely get under the field goal if you do want to go the direction of the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm on the other side if I'm uh, going to put my weak opinion out there. And largely because if Arizona is going to put forth anything that looks like what it did last week in Philadelphia, I think Seattle's in some trouble in this game because I think that you're looking at an Arizona team that can control the clock which is the real problem here for seattle the first time these teams got together was still josh dobbs for arizona and seattle wasn't great time possession was about an even split seattle scored six points in the second half they won by 10 they won comfortably but that was against an arizona offense that wasn't doing anything competent at all arizona wasn't good on offense last week they were dominant they hit the ball for 40 minutes against the philadelphia eagles and This is not a Seattle defense that we can have any level of confidence in after Mason Rudolph went Mason yo face 30 points against the Seahawks last week. So my weekly held opinion would be an Arizona money line. Uh, It would largely be a fade of Pete Carroll and a fade of where the Seahawks defense is right now. Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers. I did put this one in the account, boys. Earlier this week, put a three and a half in on the Bears. It is gone. It is three across the board. Now 45 is the total. This was a pretty easy play for me. It is a team that is, honestly, over the second half of the season, I think we'd say is an upper half team. The Bears have been playing like an upper half team for the vast majority of the second half of the season. Whether we believe that Fields is going to actually be there next year or not, it is still, you know, that's that's up to them to decide. But he certainly has a lot to play for here, whether it be for the audition to stay in Chicago or for whatever his next team may or may not be. And frankly, the Packers, um, their offensive performances have been just so incredibly up and down, but the defense has just been 
horrible over the last eight weeks of the year. And so all of that came to me getting more than a field goal on the Bears. I wouldn't hate it at three on the Bears, but obviously not near as good as it is on the uh, on the other side of that. Adam, you have anything here on Bears and Packers? Yeah, over 45. Uh, I, it's exactly what you're just talking about. I, I think we can see that this Green Bay offense is at least in a eh, we'll call it something of a rhythm. I don't want to get too excited about going yeah. against a, a, a defense last week in Minnesota that's boom or bust. But like you said, what we've seen out of Chicago is that the offense is competent, and we know that Green Bay's defense is wholly incompetent. Uh, you can't go by last week at all where fake sharp was throwing a, a rookie out there and then switching at halftime. So I think you're yes. definitely looking at a game that is going to include points on both sides. Steven, what you say here in uh, bears Packers? I like bears, but I need a number and I'll tell you a couple of reasons why I need at least three and a half here for the bears. I'm not interested at three. I think he even was dipping a little bit lower than that. I think this is as we get closer to kickoff, this will more and more gain Packers support because this is pretty much the cleanest injury report. There's still a million players on the injury report, but it's it's very positive compared to previous weeks. Even Christian Watson is getting some limited practices in. Wicks and Reed look like they're going to play at wide receiver. Um, bunch of other guys on here that look like full participants, Jair Alexander, namely at cornerback on the, on the other side here for the bears, their defense has been incredible. Like past eight weeks, they are the number one defense in the NFL by both EPA and success rate. And I think some of us may not us in this room, but generally speaking out there in NFL world, uh, may not realize the run that the Bears are on right now. They were two double-digit leads in the fourth quarter away from having a seven-game winning streak right now. They've won five of seven, and both of those losses were blown big leads in the fourth quarter. If it wasn't for that, this team would be in the playoffs right now. So they're playing, they're playing good football. But bad timing with a really important injury as well for them this week. Jalen Johnson, the number one graded cornerback by PFF this year, is back-to-back -back DMPs with a shoulder injury on Wednesday and Thursday. I would really feel a lot better about this bet if he's going to play combined with the positive injury report with the, with the Packers wide receivers. So that's why I prefaced my bet with I need at least three and a half here. That's what I bet earlier this week. I would not still bet it at three where we're at right now, Friday afternoon. If uh, just to tidy up some things, if you're watching this as an individual game video, sorry. Um, but if you're listening to us over the whole just came through, Will Levis out. It will be Ryan Tannehill going for the Titans. Um, so if that changes your opinion at all in that game, uh, that is officially going to it be does not a Tannehill. Me. Yeah, it's going to officially be a Tannehill game in that one. Bet basketball, baseball, or golf with a bonus bet of up to $1,050 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code PLAYBONUS50 and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. The Lions podcast listeners can get the BetMGM app today and use promo code PLAYBONUS50 to claim your exclusive welcome bonus of up to $1,050 after your first bet. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. This is a new customer offer, 21 years or older to wager. Arizona, Colorado, Washington, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. U.S. promotional offers not available in Nevada, New York, or Ontario. Please gamble responsibly. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Kansas, and Nevada, call 1-800-522-4700. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050. In Iowa, call 800 bets off and call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. All right, Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. This is sitting five and a half across the board. 42 is our total. 
Adam, I do want to start with you here, actually, because it's, it's the Giants and it's, you know, one of the. So what we do know about this game, the Eagles, at the very least, are going to start starters at the beginning of the game because there is still a chance that the Cowboys could get, you know, upset. Not likely could happen. However, I am worried that the Eagles will look up at the scoreboard and at some point the Cowboys are going to be up 17 and then they pull all of those starters out. So this is a very tough full game handicap for me. If someone wanted to make the case for Eagles first half or something, I could listen to you then. But I think it's which, by the way, the number is three and a half. If anyone's wondering, but uh, tough, tough full game handicap when you know they're going to be scoreboard watching. I mean, yeah, you could you could play a Giants second half in the blind if you if you wanted to. Um, I don't actually hate Giants full game. Now, I'll say this from the beginning: a little emotional hedge for me. I'm gonna be real mad if this team goes out and wins this game with a chance to get <laughs> at the very least in the top five in the draft. But if you watched last week against the Rams, Tyrod's offense was competent. I gotta say, great but competent against what had been a middle-of-the-pack defense. Uh, they seem to be finding a little bit with these young receivers with Jalen Hyatt and Wandell Robinson in particular. Darius Slayton had some life last week, so we know that Philadelphia is going to struggle to cover no matter who you have. Uh, you're talking about the number 31 defense by EPA or the second half of the season. So Giants right now, money line, you can still get basically 2-1. to one on them and if you just think about where this game is going to be come the you know mid second quarter mid third quarter no matter what that price isn't going to be there anymore on the giants by the time the eagles pull some starters because i think no matter what you're going to see the eagles pull some starters because someone would have to make a real case to me about why washington's live to win against dallas to think otherwise steven what say you so I look at this from two different perspectives. One full game where I agree with everything Adam said, where I'd only be looking at the Giants because of the very large possibility that they do pull the starters at some point. And we've seen the Eagles work in tandem with their coaching staff in front office to have game plans like this uh, against the Giants, ironically, a few years ago where they pulled starters for obviously draft position. So if they look up, I, I'd be shocked if they leave their starters and if the Cowboys are up big in, in their game. Um, at the same time, this spread at the moment is like the Seahawks, where it's a motivation spot for the Eagles, not really much motivation for the Giants, and yet the motivation team are getting a huge discount on what the spread would normally be in recent weeks. These two, these two teams played two weeks ago in Philadelphia, and the spread was 13.5. Now, I know DeVito started that game, and Terod came in and looked good. But to go from 13 and a half down to five or four and a half in a couple of weeks is a big deal. So it, it doesn't matter because of everything revolving around this game. But I at least am confident that the Eagle starters are going to be in there for the first half. So I'm going to take that discount and matriculate it down to the first half spread and bet Eagles minus two and a half in the first half, Adam. I, I don't think you can do that with this game when it comes to the the looking at the two weeks ago. We thought completely differently about this Philadelphia team two weeks ago and everything we have seen with the way they have gotten shredded in the last couple of weeks is why we're changing this number as much as we are. And if you like the discount based on the other factors you mentioned, that's fine. But I think there's a pretty good reason with this one, why the number has gone where it is, because you can look both at DeVito and Tyrod and the fact that we saw Philadelphia last week as a double digit favorite, basically no show against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. I, I kind of like the first half on the Eagles too. I, I think it's too much as well. Um, Honestly, like Matt, I'm, I'm kind of you got. The, I don't know where you got the two and a half though, because I'm seeing three and a half. So I, oh, I, I got it midweek. It's probably gone uh, now. I got it midweek, but yeah. like, I, I you you could do both things here. You could do Eagles before the game if you find a two and a half still, and then at halftime, if it looks like yeah. they're going to bench your starters, or you see that Jalen Hurts comes out, get ready to fire on Giants live money line. It might even be bigger than the pregame money line if they're down in the game because the the live betting algorithms can't really a, account for some of the things that are happening this week. All right, let's look at the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. This is four in favor of the Niners. 41 to 41 and a half is our total. We know that the Rams are resting everybody except one guy, which you'll get, I'll get to here in a second. And then the Niners also 
are at least resting key guys. Purdy not going to play. McCaffrey not going to play. If you listen to what the other guys are saying, they expect to play at least some. Too much question mark for me to bet this on a side or total. I will say this, though, Stephen. When the props come out, Sean McVay, to give him credit, he told us exactly what he's going to do. He's going to get Puka Nakua the record, and then he's going to pull him out of the game. So when the reception prop comes out for Puka Nakua, he needs four catches to be the all-time rookie receiver uh, receiving record holder for receptions. He needs 29 yards for the all-time rookie receiving yards record. He's going to get him four catches and 29 yards in this game. So depending on what they decide to do, if the yardage something is absurd, if they put the yardage total like semi-normal, you play the under because McVay already said, we want him to be able to do something special and then we're going to play it smart. He said, we're going to allow him to get the record (laughs) and then we're pulling him out of the game. So he told us exactly what he's going to do. So if they set this at three and a half on receptions, I can't imagine they will. I will put everything that I have on three. And, like, I will max out everything I can on on him getting four catches in this game. I bet you they sit it at four and a half, and then we have to do some some guessing. But on a yardage total, anything like 60-ish, 65-ish, anything, like I will be playing under because, again, McVay has told us he's going to get him the record. He's going to get him out of the game. So uh, that's my only angle here. What say you on Rams-Niners? Well, McVay is one of the few coaches in the NFL when he says something like that. I actually believe him because there's evidence in the past of it. You know, in the mm-hmm. preseason, he was talking about Puka Nakua in ways that he hadn't talked about players since Cooper Cup. In fact, comparing him to Cooper Cup. So he was hinting at it and he was right. And he did the same thing with Kyron Williams when nobody wanted to believe him about Kyron Williams either. So um, he's one of the few coaches when he says something like that. I actually do believe him. As far as this game, Matt, a couple of years ago, you and I were heavy on the train of fading Washington and Carson Wentz and betting the under on the win total, and we made a boatload of money on that. I am not about to gamble and give some of that back in his uh, last vestige of hope of saving his NFL career this week for the L.A. Rams. I actually think Sam Darnold and the Niners are fine, but he's probably not going to have his weapons out there. Uh, I think Darnold with Kyle Shanahan is definitely who I would want over Carson Wentz and Sean McVay. The problem is the spread is four, and you're asking Darnold to win by margin. So I'm I'm just going to say no thank you on this game. Adam Rams Niners, what say you? This I'm going to look at the same as Cincinnati-Cleveland. Go figure out exactly where the snaps are going to go for the San Francisco 49ers and then trust Kyle Shanahan to still be able to get something out of his team. Right? If, if you're going to go play them, maybe depending on who's healthy, if you're playing an Eli Mitchell or you're playing a Juwan Jennings or someone like that, like that's where I'm going to look when the props hit for this game is at San Francisco's offensive players because I still trust in the fact that Kyle Shanahan is going to be able to find a way to move the football even with his backups in. As a Niners fan, I'll give you the two names I would be looking for here. Actually, Jordan Mason among the running backs, their third string running back, is the guy I would be looking at. And among the wide receivers, a guy who already scored a touchdown with the starters this year and should get a lot of run, Ronnie Bell, the rookie, is the other guy I would be looking at here for this game for the Niners. There you go. Broncos and Raiders, this is three in favor of the Raiders, come off the two and a half now in favor of the Raiders. 37 and a half is our total. Adam, when asked if he was going to play his starters, Antonio Pierce said, we're the Raiders, we're playing everybody. So uh, that's to let you know how they are approaching this one, which is why, you know, this thing is ticked up off of the two and a half to the three. I have no interest in this one really at all. Um, You know, two dead teams, one playing for pride, one just trying to get done with the season. I guess if I had to, if I hadn't missed a two and a half and someone said, Matt, you have to play this game. I would have played the Raiders because they are apparently if you listen to Devontae Adams rallying around Antonio Pierce, want to get him the job and all the things like that. But uh, I miss that. So it's three now. So no, no play for me. Yeah, this thing really across Vegas just ticked to three across the board. Uh, Colton Miller ruled in for the Raiders. So they get their offensive line back entirely intact. He is their best offensive lineman. I can't believe I'm giving a real handicap in week 18 on a Raiders Denver game. That doesn't actually mean anything, but you know, last week came on here and told you play all the Stidham overs, all the Stidham overs with the exception of touchdowns hit. They're not out yet, but when I'd have the opportunity to do it again this week, as the numbers are reasonable, I think Sean Payton's going to be in the exact same mode that he was last week, which is I'm going to show everyone that anybody but Russell Wilson can do this. 
Steven, what do you see in this uh, game that means nothing except for maybe a team rallying around uh, an interim coach? What Adam just said is why I have been thinking hard about betting Denver plus three here. Like I get the rallying cry for Pierce here and the Raiders, but also that requires you to bet one of the worst quarterbacks in advanced metrics this season, Aiden O'Connell, to win by more than a field goal. And he's if, if you filter out the guys who have fewer snaps, like among the quarterbacks have actually had meaningful playing time, like 150, 200 snaps, O'Connell's near at or near the bottom in basically all of them. So he's been bad. This is a this is basically an offense that requires to be able to run the ball successfully to have any success. Two teams in this game who have very strong defenses over the past eight weeks. And I actually think I'm getting points with a better quarterback in this game with Jared Stidham. So um, I'm kind of ignoring the motivation angle here with the Raiders playing for Pierce just because of how much of a deficit they have at the quarterback position. I haven't bet it yet. I'm not sure I want to because I do respect the Raiders matchup defensively here against an inexperienced quarterback, but it would only be plus here for the Raiders, plus three here for the Broncos. And if I bet it, I will put it in the lines discord. Chiefs and the Chargers in your put it on a rocket, fire it into the sun game of the week. It has now come through. Not only are the all of the uh, guys that we thought were not going to play, not going to play for the Chiefs, but also Sneed, Rice, Tony, Donovan Smith on the offensive line, they all now ruled out as well for the Chiefs. So this is going to be a full-on preseason shell of a lineup out there for them going up against the Chargers, who, as we know, have basically put a preseason shell of a team out on the field for the last month of the season. So, um, Adam, if you have anything on this, go right ahead. It's three and a half in favor of the Chargers, 35 is the total. I'll just ask you guys this. Is there any world in which we believe that Easton Stick is not going to throw the holy hell out of the football in all game long? Is there any way in which the Chargers are going to go out there and run the football? Look at the last two weeks for the uh, Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim. 38 attempts, 33 attempts, and before that it was 32 against, attempts against the Raiders. Stick's going to throw because, first of all, they have no reason not to. Second of all, they're going to be trailing in this game. So why would you not have Easton Stick continue to throw the ball? Wait for the props to come out. Look for completions. Look for uh, attempts. It's probably still going to be below 30 on attempts. It's probably still going to be below 20 on completions, and I would want over on both those. Steven, it's tempting to take three and a half with the Chiefs because Blaine Gabbard at least does have NFL experience. It's not like you're throwing a chump, like a, a complete like nobody in there, but it's I just don't want to have to like guess what Blaine Gabbard's going to be able to do with like, how about this? The Chiefs don't have any starting receivers that can catch the freaking football. So now he's going to be throwing to backup receivers. And like, that's going to be like what we're betting on. No, like, no, I'll pass. But I mean, it would probably be taking the points with the Chiefs, but I, I'm not going to do it. Maybe it's a contest play for me. I kind of YOLO'd this game, guys. I'm a little ashamed to admit it, but the Chargers have been number 32 in my power rankings for multiple weeks now. And I understand the Chiefs are benching everybody. But just on its face, my previously number 32 power ranked team being favored by more than a field goal in a game is just, I bet, I bet the Chiefs plus four for fun. I'd, I'd only it, bet plus it, three can, and no, a half. Like I said, I would, only, I would only take the points. I sure as hell wouldn't lay them. I mean, like, never, I, I would, never. Yeah, I, yeah. So like of all the bets I've made this week, it's by far my least confident one, but I just had to do it almost on principle here. And, you know, if I lose, so be it, but. I, I kind of laughed and said, I got to bet this just for the hell of it. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's my 31 team. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, they're, they're horrible. Blaine Gabbert at least has some experience in the NFL. So there is, there is that Dallas Cowboys and the Washington commanders. This is all the way out to 13 and a half at some places. You can still find 13, 47, 47 and a half is the total. Name your number, Cowboys. We know they're going to win the. We know they're going to win the game. You want to talk about a team that is going to mail it in? The Commanders have kind of done that for the last couple of weeks. They know Rivera's out the door. There is no rallying cry to keep him around. Like nobody, it, they, everybody knows this is the end of an era there for that team. This is dead team walking. Steven, the only problem is is that the Cowboys have to win by two touchdowns to cover it. Um, there are weak rumors that the Commanders might 
not play all of their guys, which is all right. Whatever. If that were, to I be need the case, one more dots and touchdown. God damn it! I need yeah, one more dots uh, yeah. and touchdown this year. Come on. So there are weak rumors they might not play some of their dudes, which I think is odd. Anyway, with all the stuff, there, there's just too many variables for me in in this one. Um, I'll I'll take a pass. If you want to talk me into a Cowboys first half. I can at least listen to you because we know for sure, like they're not going to mess around in this game, but uh, that'd be about it. The minute it was confirmed, it's Hal and not Brissett. I bet Cowboys minus 13 here. Yeah. This is, we've seen this over and over again with the Cowboys when they go down in class. Eight of their 11 wins this year have been by more than 13 points. The only three were against Herbert and the healthy Chargers offense, Jared Goff and the Lions offense, and Geno Smith in the Seahawks offense. So the Washington offense is nowhere near those, those units and the commander's defense is bottom two in the league right there with the Cardinals by EPA. So yes, I'm paying a hefty tax here on the Cowboys because of the situation going into this game. And I don't care. I'm good. I'll take it anyway. They lost 45 to 10 to Dallas on Thanksgiving. The Cowboys mutilate teams like this. They embarrass them and they have everything to play for. And I know that my DAC MVP ticket didn't get home, but we also bet in-season overs on the win total, and we also bet Cowboys at a huge number to win the division. How about them Cowboys, Matt? Yeah, I have an alt over on the Cowboys. I would like a Cowboys win. So I kind of already have a bet in on them, so I don't really have to do anything else. Uh, Adam, what do you see here in this one? So I see a Cowboys team that I like where you're thinking first half. I would love to play some Dak full game unders. Uh, I think if you see this game get out to 21 nothing, 28 nothing, at the very least, Dak's going to be handing off. They are not going to risk Dak Prescott in this game. And right now, DraftKings has the number up at 278 on passing Ooh. yards. Guys, that would have to happen almost entirely in the first half if he's going to hit that. Yeah. If you want to take something a little squirrelier, then right now he's the under on passing touchdowns at one and a half is plus 185. I think the value is there it just because touchdowns can be a little bit squirrely. If they get themselves down in close and they end up running the ball in, you could see where Dak ends up out of this game. So I just don't see where a world in which Dak Prescott is exposed more than he has to be in this game. And 278 and a half is an enormous number. Yeah, it's we've seen call. Cooper Rush. We've seen Cooper Rush a few times this game. I mean, th- a few times this season. Like, they've gotten up big, and Cooper Rush has come in for mop-up duty. So, wouldn't surprise me if we see him mid-third quarter if uh, if everything plays out like we think that it probably should. All right, guys, let's get to the final game here of the week. And this is this is a real game here. So, let's get to Sunday night football. Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins for the division and for the Bills, maybe even for the playoffs, depending on how things all play out, because they could be as high as the two seed and could be out of the playoffs, uh, depending on how things play out, which is just incredibly wacky. This is a expensive two and a half. Um, it got to three, has come off of that number. And here we are sitting at the two and a half. Adam, um, I played the two and a half on the Bills, and I can't say that I'm in love with it I played it off of what we saw from the Dolphins what I thought the injury report was going to be and mainly that I thought that Tua was going to show up on that injury report and instead he did show up but it was just as full practices for him and so I understand there are still a lot of dudes to be accounted for in this one and that is something that that I think you should take into your handicap guys if you're look if you're wondering for we're doing this before we get Friday injury report on Dolphins but on Thursday DNP's Bradley Chubb, Tyree Kill, Xavier Howard, Raheem Mostert, Jalen Waddell, David De- Devon A. Chan. And then we had limited practices on three different offensive linemen, a couple of linebackers. So, like, th- there's a lot going on on the Miami injury report. Um, that said, my bet was based off of it being the quarterback, and that ended up not being the case at all. I don't hate the two and a half. It's not my favorite bet of the week, but uh, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So this isn't the easiest handicap of the week for me of every game that we've looked at. Uh, the total is still sitting 48 and a half in some places. Why? Why? Guys, Josh Allen threw for 160 yards last week, right? And I know they could run the ball, but okay. Anytime you tell me a team is going to focus on the run, then I'm going to tell you to bet an under just based on the amount of clock that is going to be ground up. 
This is an under based on the way these two teams have been going. Also, you mentioned all of the injury concerns for Miami. Well, on Buffalo's side of the ball, even healthy, it has not mattered in terms of scoring points. I don't really. I, this is maybe one of the totals that I have had the least amount of understanding of in the entire season. Like if you could play this as an alt, if you wanted to, if you wanted to push this down to say 47, like I would feel comfortable with that. I just don't see where in a game that means everything for both of these teams, we're going to open up and YOLO the offense and all of a sudden have both of them being so high variance that we get into a ton of points. It's an under for me. Yeah, given the injury situation, also, listen, I didn't mention it, but he was also full practices, but Josh Allen got a stinger last week. Like, there's also that that plays into it. So, um, a lot to kind of take in and digest on this one, Stephen. Two and a half right now, Bills over the Dolphins. If Pittsburgh wins and Jacksonville wins, that means the Bills could get knocked out of the playoffs if they lose this game. So, I'd be very nervous in that scenario if I'm a Buffalo fan because – Everything Adam said, I completely agree with, first of all. I, this is actually two teams I was looking to bet against because of all the injuries with Miami and because of the way the Buffalo offense has looked in recent weeks, being extremely run-heavy and Josh Allen not being efficient. So I'm staying away from the spread, although at three it would never be Buffalo. Um, now it's more closer to a pick so it's it's just tough. But I our entire staff is with you, Adam. Like our enti- I bet the under – Eli bet the under, Mo bet the under. We're all in agreement on this. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. They're they're just not the same Buffalo Bills as they were offensively earlier in the season or last year. And combine that as well with the defense for Buffalo actually playing better. Since their bye week, they're number four overall by EPA and number two by dropback EPA here. So, I yeah, this is a dead under team for me right now. If they're going to keep putting it around 50, Guys, everything we do, absolutely free. So please go ahead, hit that subscribe button down below. We're heading towards 50K. 50,000 subscribers by the Super Bowl. We will do a massive giveaway here for all of our subscribers. So please go ahead, get in on all of that. If you want to continue the football talk, go to lines.com. Upper right-hand corner is the Discord button. That, too, is free. And you can get in there and chop it up with everybody all the way up to kick off and actually through games as well. Everybody's in there just having a good time. So be sure and take advantage of all the free stuff. And we, as we mentioned, they're not up yet. Not, not widespread are the props, but uh, when the props get up, you can go to the prop finder as well. Green button right there, center of the page on lines.com. Make sure that you're getting the best number and the best juice on all of that. Of course, we'll be with you through the playoffs all the way through the Super Bowl. So this isn't it for us. We just uh, hope you had a great regular season and hopefully we can carry that on into the playoffs as well for Adam, for Steven. I'm Matt. Good luck on all your Week 18 bets.